it really takes a unique type of strategy to capture that high quality audience and bring them in. What I say, and this is not going to be a new term for you, it's starting with the why. Welcome to the Marketing Moguls Podcast, where we talk to the big shots, the heavy hitters, the cream of the crop in the world of marketing. This is a show where we sit down with the most brilliant minds in the industry, and we pick their brains to find out what makes them tick, what makes them successful, and sometimes what makes them want to pull their hair out. Each episode, we'll be talking to top executives, entrepreneurs, even influencers who have made their mark in the marketing world, and we'll be asking them tough questions like, what's the best way to increase conversions? Or how do you come up with a killer ad campaign? Or why do marketers always wear black? But let's be real, we're not just here to talk shop, we're also here to have some fun. So we'll be discussing some of the latest trends, we're gonna be sharing some hilarious marketing fails, and maybe even trying to convince our guests to let us in on their secret to creating the perfect meme. So whether you're a marketer, a business owner, or just someone who's fascinated by the world of marketing, this podcast is for you. Sit back, grab your favorite drink, and join us as we dive into the minds of the marketing moguls that are shaping the industry today. Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Moguls Podcast. Today, we are joined by Danielle Lewan, who is the Director of Marketing Communications over at Kasana. Welcome to the show, Danielle. It's so great to have you here. Thanks, Michael. Happy to be here. Excited to talk marketing today. Of course, yeah. Super excited to get into it. Before we get started, I like to always try to ask our guests, if you don't mind, to give us like a little bit of a brief introduction into who you are and what you do. Absolutely. It's funny. I have a very unique path. And whenever folks look at my resume or hop on my LinkedIn, it's always a great conversation starter of how I even got into marketing. I graduated from the University of Georgia. Go dogs! Have to get that shameless <laughs> plug in there after back-to-back national championships. But I actually started out in broadcast. So I was a news reporter and anchor for a CBS affiliate for a few years. And like many journalists, went into sales. Um, Sales was not for me. I'm a creative person. Love the hustle and grind of sales, but I really miss the creativity, the project-oriented kind of work. So I combined the journalism skills, the sales skills, and decided to go into marketing. So now what I do is I come into startup from the ground level and help scale them towards an acquisition. So I did it for a cybersecurity startup. I'm now in healthcare and medical device, and I've really found this niche here of helping these organizations get off the ground floor and working in a little bit of controlled chaos, if you will. (laughs) Absolutely. So can you give us a little bit of insight into Kasana itself, like the company that you're working for now and what you all specialize in and what the company is all about? Absolutely. I never thought in a million years, Michael, that I would be taking smart toilet seats to market. Uh, But let me tell you, I have never been happier because this is one of the coolest products that I've ever come across. So essentially, when you think about wearables, Fitbits, Apple Watches, you have to remember to put them on, right? You have to charge them. And our founder was thinking one day, what do you make contact with your skin every single day without even thinking. You go to the bathroom, sit Mm -hmm. on a toilet. So these providers that are trying to get these vital signs consistently and accurately, they're frustrated again, because folks are not using these other devices as they should. And the data, because they're not FDA cleared, toss up on whether they're getting that accurate intelligence. So our company's created the smart toilet seat. The three key sensors in the toilet seat capture your heart rate, blood oxygenation, and your blood pressure just by you sitting on it and using it just like you would your regular 
regular toilet seat. So it is currently going through FDA clearance. We hope to have it on the market by the end of this year, but I have never in my life seen a product just sell itself. We actually were in conversations last week with Amazon Health. We're partnering with the largest assisted living facility in Florida for research and folks are so excited about this. So you have to laugh. It's such an ingenious product. You have to laugh, but we're really ready to get it out there and really help folks get those trending vital signs. Absolutely. Wow. So that is such a fascinating product too, because it's so unique. I wanted to ask, you mentioned that you all are already working with Amazon Health and some of these retirement communities and such. Have you found it difficult at all to market the product because it's so unique? And if you can, could you give us some insight into like how you all are getting this product out there to the market and like letting people know that it exists and that it's here and what it does? Absolutely. And Michael, that's really a big reason why they brought me in is to get the awareness out there of what we're doing, especially ahead of when the product can actually hit the market. We are at the mercy of the FDA. I think the best way to encompass what you just asked in your question, we attended CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas earlier this year, which is one of the largest conferences in the world. The RP actually invited us to exhibit in their kind of innovator startup environment. And I stood at that booth for about four days straight and Again, I have never in my life as a marketer, typically my job is to get out there and think of any sort of creative avenue that I can help fuel our sales engine. This thing, it genuinely, Michael, it sells itself. When folks see it, it's a conversation starter. It really makes sense. Again, this is an issue that the healthcare community has been dealing with for a while of not being able to capture this intelligence. So I think the funniest remark that we get is, huh, why didn't I think of this? Because it's such a simple idea, but it's so neat to be able to put all of this technology and these algorithms in a toilet seat. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. Just thinking about it, like even me, myself, like I am not in that space at all, but I agree. I'm like, what a great idea. Like, why didn't I think about that? I think (laughs) oftentimes you'll find that like the best ideas are the ones that a lot of people look at and they're like, wow, why did I not think about that? So yeah, it makes sense that you all have a product that's super strong like that because it is so new and unique. But I think it makes perfect sense. You mentioned that it sells itself. Like when you get it in front of someone and they get a chance to look at it, they're like, wow, okay, this is something different. This is really cool. I'm very interested in this. And so you mentioned that those the shows and the exhibit that you did where you were standing there for multiple days and everything is a great way to show it to people and have them come up. Are there other specific ways that you all are currently working on to help get this in front of people to like show it to them? Like, for example, do you run any form of social media outreach? Are you doing any form of hate advertising or any sort of like email campaigns or anything like that? Like what other forms of marketing do you use so that people can see this and say, why didn't I think about that? Yeah, fantastic question. So if I did not mention earlier on in this conversation, I'm still within the first 60 to 90 days of joining Kasana. Feels like I've been here for about 60 or 90 years, which is a really good thing. But this is the beauty of joining a startup. And when I mentioned finding my niche, I really come in on the ground level. There was no marketing prior to me, a few contractors, but I'm coming in and building that solid foundation. So when we do go to market, we can really scale rapidly, especially when we bring in the sales team. So right now I am down in the weeds with my team with rebuilding a website from the ground up, really revamping any digital platforms that we have that are externally facing and 
making sure that, again, we have that solid foundation. So when I go to create those campaigns, whether they're organic or paid, we have effective platforms to drive those audiences too. So early infant stages, but ask me in a few months and we'll be off to the races there. Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing to think, though, because it's such a great idea that I imagine that as you do start building these things, you're going to see the interest just continue to grow. And that's another reason why we love to have people like you on the show, because it gives the audience an opportunity to hear about some of these products and to hear about some of these companies before they really start to take off. And so it's a really it's just a great opportunity, I think, to have you on to have our listeners be able to tune in and understand what you all are doing. Hey there, we want to take a quick second to thank our sponsors of this episode, Tier 11. Do you ever sit at your computer wondering why you're spending so much money on advertisement for your business that drives little to no revenue? Does the idea of another month with low engagement make you want to pull your hair out? Well, you're in luck because the team of professionals over at Tier 11 can handle these issues in no time flat and make you forget all about your nightmare ad experience. Tier 11 is an advertising agency that manages over $100 million in annual ad spend and has more than 15 years of advertising experience. So it's pretty safe to say they know their stuff. Stop wasting your time and your budget on advertising that doesn't work and trust the professionals instead. Head over to www.tier11.com today and chat with the team member to learn more about how they can help you get more customers and increase their lifetime value. That's T-I-E-R-E-L-E-V-E-N.com. Now back to the podcast. I did want to ask to speaking of our audience and your audience, if there was a kind of a topic or maybe a specific idea that you could help our audience or the people who visit your website understand, like, what would that be? Is there anything that seems to be a little confusing about your product or something that you all have a harder time helping your audience understand? Yeah, I have a unique perspective on this. And that's really honestly, Michael, where my sweet spot comes in is understanding an audience and relating to an audience. And that sounds so simple when you say it like that, but it really takes a unique type of strategy to capture that high quality audience and bring them in. What I say, and this is not going to be a new term for you, it's starting with the why. I could provide an analogy here. You think about a company like Apple. Why are they so innovative? Year after year, they surpass their competitors, and yet they're still just a computer company. They have access to the exact same resources as Microsoft and Dell. And again, they are unstoppable. This is how Apple communicates. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo, not we have the best computers, we have the best tablets, iPhones, we believe in challenging the status quo. And all of these leaders and organizations, they they act in the same way. There's a gentleman I've been following for years. I'd love to know if you're familiar with him. His name is Simon Sinek. Yep. Yeah, he's awesome. He does a lot of stuff about positivity and the golden rule, I believe, or the golden circle. Yes. Yes. The golden circle, the why, how, and what. Of course, all organizations, they know what they do, or at least they should. And most know how they do it, but very few know why they do it, why they exist, why they believe what they believe. And I'm not going to spend too much time going into the golden circle. I would urge our audience to go and look that up because it's a really fascinating presentation that he's done. But people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And that's biology. So when it comes to marketers, 
we have a tendency to try to go by these playbooks. They're constantly on LinkedIn feeds. And mind you, I do think that the education that marketers have received, whether it's in your undergrad, your master's, some of these play, it's really helpful information. But I urge marketers to take that with a grain of salt. Because in order to understand your audience, you have to be your audience. So when you go to these conferences and trade shows, Yes, be mindful, look around you, see what other marketing teams are doing and how they're presenting their materials, how they're showcasing their booth. But do that about 40 to 50% of the time. The other 40, 50, 50%, attend the speaking sessions that your audience is attending. Learn what they're learning. Hear the questions that they're asking in those sessions. You can really honestly get inside their head Digital platforms, they give you a lot of information. It's honestly scary, Michael, how much they give. As a marketer, I freak myself out sometimes <laughs> of what I can find out about my audience. But interview them. Hear their emotions. Hear how they're reacting firsthand. Whether it's B2B or B2C, at the end of the day, you're still communicating with humans. And I think that very few marketers are able to pull themselves out of that tunnel vision and really try to be part of their audience rather than trying to just simply draw them in. Definitely. And I love how you pointed out the idea of the why, because I think that's something that's spoken about a lot, especially recently. But I think that it's hardly ever implemented. And I don't mean that in a negative sense. I just think it's very difficult sometimes for people to really get across their why to their audience. So the fact that you all are focusing on that and using that as your way of moving forward, I think is incredibly valuable because a lot of people will respond to that really well, I believe. So... And I wanted to ask too, so we talked a little bit about some of the things that were working well for you all, right? Like you were mentioning that going to these events was working really well. And the fact that you're developing something that's unique, that's new, that when most people see it, they're like, that makes perfect sense. Like, why didn't I think about that? Could you give us some insight into some of the challenges that you've been facing in terms of your work at Kasana and just your work in the world of marketing in general? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the biggest challenge probably would be having that unique mindset and getting an organization, but especially leadership aligned. This is a fun challenge to me. I think that when you go out and you do all of this groundwork, and again, especially companies that have been doing things the way that they have for a long time, when you bring those findings back, there's things that you can control and things that you can't. And when you work for a great leadership team, these ideas are going to be welcomed and taken into account. But oftentimes, especially in a startup, not only do you have your leadership team, but you also have your board. In environments like today, especially with the economy risks that you might present that you need to take where you might have, I don't know, maybe 60, 70% of the facts and figures, but not all of the data to support it. Where in, when you're in a startup and you're moving so quickly, you don't have the time necessarily to get that 110% to bring back to your organization. So I think that it's really trying when you lead with that why, even when you're presenting internally, you can really help convince your internal stakeholders to take some of the risky proposals that you're providing. But high risk, high reward. Again, you think about the best organizations out there like Apple, they didn't follow those playbooks. They didn't do the same things and play the copycat out there. They took those risks, but they also had really influential marketers and leaders internally that were able to convince those that needed to provide the green light to allow them to go out and do it. 
For sure. And I, there's a great quote, and it sounds so simple, but it's something along the lines of if you want to be different, if you want to be unique, then you can't do what everyone else is doing. And I feel like a lot of us often don't think of that, but it's so true. And in that same vein as talking about some of those challenges, I wanted to ask, what is your biggest rock to move right now? Like, what's something big that's on your plate that's really front and center for you at this point? Yeah, you know, I mentioned several times that we're really working to get this product on the market. And when you're at the mercy of the FDA, sometimes that process is a little bit longer than you would like. So of course, right now, our company, we're not revenue producing. We don't have a market or a product out there that is bringing in revenue. So as a marketer, and I'm building this foundation, I have to be extremely resourceful on how I go about creating content, how I go about these campaigns. Is One of the easiest departments in a company to spend money in is marketing. easily break the bank in marketing, but I don't have that luxury. So hopefully this will give you a chuckle. I would love to be able to contract out to a video production firm right now to really get our product visualized as we're constructing this new website. Video production is one of the most expensive things that you can contract out to. So I currently have a co-op. It's a Northeastern co-op. He is phenomenal. The training that this individual has when it comes to video production. So I urged him, get on Amazon, purchase some materials. He purchased backdrop paper. We maybe spent a hundred bucks on a Lazy Susan string. So yesterday, myself and the co-op were in a conference room here in our office. And we set up this whole video production stage with a toilet, the seat. We're (laughs) spinning around on the Lazy Susan. We're hanging it by a string. We're taking photos of each other. It's comical. But I look at that and I'm like, wow, how neat is this? How neat is this that we didn't just sit here and say, guess we can't do video right now. We'll wait until we can have a little bit more more of a budget to spend on this. No, we don't have time to wait for that. So again, I like to be a glass half full kind of person. Challenges are something that you identify, but you can easily overcome. And again, that's the fun of a startup environment. You have to be resourceful and you have to be creative when those challenges arise. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, that sounds fun though. Like it's cool to see that or to hear, I should say that you all are taking a challenge and you're turning it into something creative and fun, something that you can do together where, like you said, you don't have to just wait. You can start working now and still work to get things done. So yeah, that's actually really encouraging. And I think a lot of people out that are listening will hear that because they have to go through a lot of these like tough budgets sometimes. And to hear that if you can just find a way to work through it, especially if you can be really resourceful, it can end up helping a lot in the long run. I did want to say we're running a little short on time, but I wanted to ask you one more question before we let you go, which is that for the people out in the audience that are listening that want to one day get into a position just like what you're in, do you have any advice for them on how they can navigate their career and things that they can do to potentially end up in a role like what you have today? Absolutely. I'd be lying to you, Michael, if I didn't tell you that the opportunity to relocate up from Georgia to Boston was one that came across my radar. And I was, first of all, hesitant about, but second of all, never even looked for. That said, the biggest piece of advice that I would give somebody who wants to get into marketing is remain curious and never stop asking questions. It does not matter if you don't come from a background of marketing. Again, I went from broadcast to sales, but I constantly asked questions and wanted to know. And that's how you really land in awesome places because people who are in a position like mine, and now I know folks will follow my footsteps. If I see a hungry and curious and just eager person, you can't teach that. I can teach somebody marketing. I can teach them those hard skills. But it's that true just passion and hunger. I'll say it again. Don't lose that and really use that 
to your advantage when you're going out and trying to discover where you fit, whether that's marketing, whether that's a specific niche in marketing or not marketing at all. Remain curious and you'll find your way. Definitely stay curious. Yeah, we like to say on the podcast that we hope that people can use this as an educational research resource to continue to learn and to continue to stay curious and to hear from people like you and other people in the industry and bounce ideas back and forth off of each other and everything like that. So I really appreciate that insight. It's always good to hear from someone who's been there and done that a little bit of advice from them. Sadly, that's all we have time for today. But I really wanted to just take a second to thank you again so much, Danielle, for joining us today. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Absolutely. Pleasure is all mine. I appreciate this, Michael. Happy to be a part of it. And I look forward to catching up again soon. Perfect. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Marketing Moguls podcast. And we will catch you all in the next one.